That's living all right. That's living all right. When you're out in the town throwing money around, that's living all right. You do it. You do it. it. I'm not doing anything. That's living all right. This is not... Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Cheap Show, the economy comedy podcast. I'm your host, Paul Gannon, and with me, as always, is Eli Silverman. This is Cheap Show recorded live in Cambridgeshire, and it's coming to you today. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Eli Silverman. No, I've done the intro. I hate you and your fucking noodle posse. Noodles, right? It's a fact of cheap show, you're gonna have to fucking set. Noodle time. Tails from the dance floor. How's the thick guy? The price of shite. Hello. Eli Silver. Welcome to the show. And I'll go and I nuzzle. Right. Hello, Hello, Paul. Hello. Oh, I'm losing the will to live. Oh, yeah? yeah. Why? I don't know if Didn't you're tired. Didn't you have that years ago, though? What? Didn't you lose the will to live years ago? Well, why aren't I dead yet? Because you're hanging on. You're hanging on because That's you've got so your friends now on barshans and stuff. Oh, Mr. Eli, we love you. Oh, Mr. Eli, show us your hairy tum-tum. We want to hear you. Oh, you look like Ron Jeremy. Oh, fuck oh, off. I'd like to have sex with him. I bet he's all grisly in bed. I bet he's all grisly, yeah, well, sexy in bed. Oh, he's, oh, so you've been reading them, though, have you? I haven't been reading anything. Have you? You've been no. reading them. You've been reading them. Scrolling down on the video. Eli's not in this one. This down vote. Oh, good, 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 yeah, yeah, good. Oh, I like that. Good, good. More That's Eli. Not what I do. More Eli. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't read the comments. Oh, yeah. I bet you do. No, I you don't. You fucking do, because no, you seem to read the ones that slag me off. I I have a special only comments of flag pull off filter. There's a great one in the recent episode of Was Martians there? where someone wrote. This was a fine episode until Paul the moron came and ruined it for everyone. Yeah. Like and I was like, fair play. Fair play. Fair play. It was a gross drink. So, what episode is this? This is episode 81. 81. 81. 81. <laughs> 81. Uh, and we've got a packed show okay. for you coming up. Give me the lowdown here, Paul. Today. What's on the show today? Coming up on the show. He's got me on board, everyone. We've got the intro. That's this bit. And then we're going to do Tales from the Shop Floor. Oh, 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 Ella, 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 Ella. And then we're going to do something a little bit different. We're doing Gannon's platter. And then we've got something very special. I bought something in a charity shop, which we're going to investigate, and it's fascinating. It's the Top of the Pops annual from the 70s. Wow. With some very interesting stories in it. Looking forward to that one. Paul is a pedo. I don't know how it ends that song, but it just did. 
That's right. what's coming up. No, on he, this never, show today. he never used to play the end of it, did he? It must have had an end to that. And at number one, da, 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 anyway, is is that going to be usable? Matt Bianco and get out of that lazy bed. Put my sunglasses on. You fucking love it. I can see myself in it. I look cool. I get up. I get up. Get out of that lazy bed. Before you go to school. The future's so bright, I have to wear shades, Paul. Do you? I've got throfstalgia. Throfstalgia is a word I invented for when you like things in the future. Well, now you feel a nameless yearning for things in the future. Something like that. Anyway, um, how are you doing? Let's do a little bit of banter at the top of the show. You all right, mate? No. How are things since the last episode? Don't eat nuts. Don't ask me how I'm doing and then eat nuts. <laughs> As if you had no interest in how I'm doing. Yeah, well, I don't. This is all just, you know, banter, isn't it? People like a bit of banter. I'm not all that bothered. It's not but called banter anymore. What's Can't use that word. What's it called? Chat. Chat. Why don't, can't we use banter? Because banter signifies uh, sort of racism and sexism. Does it? Yeah. Bants? Well, that's it. Yeah, it's all just bants, isn't it? Oh, you mean it's been a kind of... You, it's you, been coerced. By commoners. Yes. That's what you're saying. No. You are putting yourself a class above and saying... I'm not putting myself anywhere. People, mm. I put myself in your bed when you're asleep. Go on. And molest you. Right. That's and you, funny. You, and you won't know. I might do. I will have drugged you. This is incredibly <laughs> dark. Well, how do you know it hasn't happened already? Waking up with stretch marks near your asshole. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yes, you have. Strange patches of KY jelly. There's no more banter on Team Show. <laughs> yeah, you want decided. banter? You want banter? Not this kind of banter. Well, what kind of fucking banter do you want? Let's never say banter again. Right. Is that the intro? Yes. God, it was poor. It's time for Tales from the Shop Floor. Floor. No, floor. no. What? You're just, it's just so creatively bankrupt around here. It's like I'm, <laughs> I'm, at the, I'm at the bank of creativity and there's just someone holding their palms up. Stop eating nuts. Taking these. Trying to do a bit. You're shit. Right. Now, nuts have been put away. They're tasty nuts. They are. That's why they've got a high score. On the yes. League of Snacks. Uh, and crisps. Yeah, just don't do a fucking jingle. Let's just do Tales from the Shop Floor. Tales from the Shop Floor. I'm yes. sure we had a really good jingle for it as well. Well, if you insist on fucking vamping a new thing every time we do a segment, I'm going to say no to it. Okay? All right. And then we won't. You have to do the same jingle. We've got a jingle for... Price of shite. We've got a jingle for... We've got some price of shite, and that's great. <laughs> I wasn't listening, so I just jumped in. <laughs> no, yeah. And I thought I knew what Shouldn't was going have done on. done that. No. So I literally wasn't listening to you, because I was looking for a Tales from okay, the Shop Floor. Okay, let's have the tale from the shop floor. Excellent. So Tales from the Shop Floor is where, where we invite you, Can I read one listener. today, please? Yeah, you can. Do you want to read this one, then? Yeah, sure. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, you read that one, I'll read the second one off the laptop. Well, explain so, what Tales from the Shop Floor is first. It's where we invite our listeners to give us... Stories, if they have them, of their time working in shops, necessarily charity shops. Doesn't necessarily could have to be, be any there. kind of shop. It's become broader. Could be even just at work. It could it, be, really? yeah. So we're broadening it, but let's be honest, we have discovered it's mostly a shit-based story. No, time. I would like to just say no. Where's the stories about wanking? Well, how funny you bring that up. Okay, good. So why don't you read? It's a wank one. <laughs> let's find out. Ah. 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 Yeah. Hi, Paul. 
What about me? They know you don't have anything to do with this what show outside me? of these moments. Do you send emails? Do you reply? Do I'm you have not access liking this to the person. website? You don't do anything. They don't mention my name in the intro. I'm going to be quite critical of their grammar and so on. So, <laughs> here <laughs> right, we go. Hi, on. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. My name implied. My name's no apostrophe don't, after the e. We'll get, it won't take, Pete. It'll take forever if you. I'm keep a friend doing of that. Jasmine. Who? Jasmine is the uh, lady who listens to the show. She sent me the little Ouija board, you know, the little miniature Ouija oh, very board. Very nice. Uh, yeah, Ra- Raven underscore Elf, That's I think, her, yeah. on Twitter. Okay, so we've we've established. A- astoundingly talented His lady. name is Pete, and he's a friend of Jasmine. Yeah. And she said, I should send this in to you as I have a Tales from the Shop Floor. Excellent. Let's hear it. That's the little intro. Nice. That no one needed and missed me out. How funny. You could have then skipped it. I could have if I had read it, but I didn't because no. you just handed it to and me. And you never do anything for the show other than turn up. Right, say, bitch. Oh, and what? And complain about yeah, okay. how shit stuff is. <clears throat> just saying. During the autumn of the year 2000, yeah. I worked as a retail assistant for TJ Hughes in Eastbourne. Do they have in- TJ Hughes anymore? Did it close? They did in 2000. It used to be like a CNA kind of store. I never even heard of it in my well. life. Maybe it's a northern thing. We had TJ Hughes growing up in Birkenhead. House of Fraser. Apparently, House of Fraser's going down. See? Did you know that? No, but that's big. Yeah. Big retail failure. Well done. Well done, our government. And that's the satire out of the way, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. We can carry on with the smut. Uh, Menswear department in TJ Hughes. We used to have the odd regular customer pop in, along with the plethora of more common cattle type customers who came in just to gaze at all the bargains. Yes. Okay. One such regular customer had been coming in every couple of days for about three weeks, and he would regularly select a different fleece each time and take it into the changing room to try it on, decide he didn't want it, put it back on the hanger, and hang it back up after a short spell in the changing rooms. Huh. I know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. After about the sixth or seventh time he had done this, One of my old schoolmates, Phil, who also worked alongside me for the year, went to sort out the fleece left by a 30-something regular weirdo customer. And whilst rehanging it, gave a shout-out of, What the fuck? That's fucking sick. Okay. Which made myself and a few of the shoppers turn around to see what all the commotion was about, Paul. Oh, dear. Then... Are you still sure you know what's going to happen next? Yes. Then towards the staff area, out the back of the shop, he headed at speed. Hand held aloft as I asked what was up. He's... <laughs> He's... <laughs> what? I can't say it. You have to. <laughs> oh, simple pleasures. I asked what was up. He's fucking spunked in the pocket. <laughs> Phil exclaimed. Yeah, he did. After reporting this and finding three other dried, crusty pockets of soiled garments, CCTV images were captured. His description was passed around the shop watch radios, and he was eventually picked up and arrested. Wow. Our security guard, Richard Head, I kid you not, poor bastard. Oh, Richard Head. Imagine Richard Head married Labia Cave. (laughs) Labian Cave. Yeah. Then they'd have a a kid called Richard Cave. Not very funny. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Richard Head, he, the security guard, dickhead, informed us <laughs> that we were one of only three shops around the town in which he'd, he had been seen in. Oh, He dear. is... A serial spunker. A serial pocket spunker. 
With his arrest, the case of the fleecy pocket wanker was closed. Many wow. regards, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Pete, that thank picked you. picked up. It picked up. There's too much autobiographical detail, I'd say, <laughs> on, the, on the whole. But, yes, the fleecy pocket wanker. Yeah. Wow, what was his thing? He liked no, fleece. Just... He liked the... He liked the Feel of it. The feel of fleece on his knob. Yeah. Probably. Maybe he was maybe it was he a liked the softy softy rub rubs. How do you how do you it's not denim rub rubs, it's not denim rub fleecy, rubs. Fleecy fleecy rub down. Fleecy rub rubs. <laughs> yeah. Fleecy rub ups. Yeah. It's too soft for me. I yeah. prefer more abrasive. Don't want to know. Denim on my knob end. Don't want to know. I like denim on my <laughs> knob end. I'll do a song. I'll do a song. See how Paul likes a song when I do one and I shat you like that. Awful, awful, awful. Yes, awful. You see? I have some musical talent, though. You don't. Oh. You don't. You don't, though. I'm not. No, it's the first part of it that I'm disputing, not the second part, Paul. I have way more musical talent than you. Oh, okay. Okay, can you play an instrument? Yes. What is it? It's the harmonica. Can you? Yeah. I have never seen you. Get me one. I'll do some blues. I'll lay down some wicked blues. I wish I had, because I would. Well, there you go. So, you fooled, you failed, you faltered, you foundered, and now it's time for me to... <laughs> what the fuck? Stop it! <laughs> it's time for me! It's time for me to sing! Um, what about a, a punk song? I'm the fleecy pocket wanker. Oi! And I'm fleecy pocket wanking you! I'm the fleecy pocket wanker. I'm ashamed. And I'm going to do a fucking poo in a pocket as well. I'm a shitter in a pocket and a wanker. Seriously, (laughs) though. I shit in the pocket. I don't do it in the loo. I just go shops and wank in their clothes. I'm the fleecy pocket wanker and I've got a pierced nose. Because I'm a punk. Right. So, I'm sorry for that, everyone listening. That was a... Ah, I'm the fleecy pocket wanker. Shut up or I'll come over there and I'll face kick you. I've got the charb on. I'm going fleece. Don't come over here. I mean it. All right. I mean Who it. Who cares? You're going to hurt and assault, assault yes. me? GBH in my own in your own house. Yeah. Well, that's worse. You've invited me in here. Yeah. Yeah? Behave. <laughs> Let's bankrupt. have another story. That you're was good. You're bankrupt and you're reaching. And this behaviour is appalling. Talk, talk to me about my lack of wit. Naughty boy. Oh, I'm Shut the fleecy pocket wanker. I'm going to kill you. Okay, right, I'm going to tell my story because I want to get through this segment and then press stop and then kick the living shit out of All you. All right, whatever. Oh, big boy. Gonna I am. Kick, kick me like a big, big boy. I am a big boy and you're a horrible little toad. Here's a story. It comes from a chap called James Wilkinson. Oh. And um, here's his story. Are you ready? Yes. Say, yes, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't. Yes, Paul. Don't do that. <laughs> don't talk ill of the dead. I'm not. I'm just saying, yes, Paul. You're doing a fucking terrible impression of Paul Daniels. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, Debbie McGee. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, Paul. <laughs> yes, Paul. Right. Excellent. I was working as an assistant manager in the Red Cross charity shop in Salisbury some years ago. Ah. So we do have a charity shop story. Nice. That's nice. It's on target. On message. Yes. It was a very boring job, and what made things worse was that any time anything interesting happened in the shop, I generally wouldn't be around to witness it. The what was he an area manager, did he say? 
maybe maybe he was just he worked in various shops I think they do do that they do tend yeah. to because when I've called up charity shops to try and uh, Speak conduct to some manager. research with them they're always like no he just sort of pops around he's got three shops he looks after oh. and they sort of yeah I think that's how they work in the uh, so charity shop world that's a great way of not having to answer the phone as well tell them Shop. Yeah, exactly. Tell him I'm not here. Yeah, today. avoiding any ever talking to anyone. Yeah. Cunt. 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 Fucking. Right. Uh, <clears throat> the following happened when I was away on holiday. Oh, so it's second hand story, but we'll accept it, James. Okay, depends how incredible it sounds, but yeah. We'll see. So one day, it's about half nine on a Tuesday morning, an elderly man comes into a shop, has a browse of the old books, and whilst doing so, becomes a little wheezy and a bit unstable on his feet. Oh, little old man coming in, looking at the old books. Oh, oh I like that thriller. Oh, that's a nice one. Oh, J.R. Hartley. He, <laughs> deep cut. He asks the work assistant girl, Sarah, if there's anywhere he can sit down for a minute. He's very weak. Oh. I'm going to keep doing the wheezes. Okay. <laughs> Don't, because it's going to be really hard to edit around that fucking noise. Um, she ushers him into the changing room where the only chair in the shop is. She helps him into the chair and then shuts the saloon-style doors. At that moment, she's called upstairs to steam some clothes and she goes and for about the next two hours and a half, goes and does that job, completely forgetting about the old man downstairs. Well, isn't there someone else in the shop? It, uh, the counter? Who would maybe, know? but maybe they just they haven't been told about this old man, they're so sort of, they're yeah, just can busy that. with that the shop. Happen, you yes, know? Yeah. Now, okay. Uh, okay. Half an hour later, an old lady walks in. She finds a dress she likes. She asks to try it on. The changing room is unlocked. She goes in, and because it's a rather large room filled with stock... She doesn't immediately notice the old man sitting in the corner on the chair. Okay. And proceeds to undress. As she's about to put her dress on, she looks into the mirror and sees an old man in the chair behind her. She screams, running out of the changing room and then right out of the shop, wearing nothing but her bra and knickers. Oh, wow. <laughs> the middle-aged sales assistant just looked on for a bit, stunned, and then jogged to the shop door to see the old lady running down the street as fast as her unstable legs, legs will carry her. Now, that's a bit of an overreaction. That's crazy. The sales assistant then walks back slowly to the changing room to see what caused the alarm and finds the old man slumped in the chair and the old lady's clothes on a heap on the floor by the mirror, not looking entirely unlike an expired Wicked Witch of the West. Did he, actually, did he live through this, the old man? He seems pretty comatose. An ambulance is called, but the old man had died hours earlier from a oh heart attack. Oh my God, he was a corpse. <laughs> we never did find out what became of the streaking old lady. He was having a heart attack. Well, there's what you could call criminal negligence on the part of the first manager there. <laughs> the old lady who ran down the street in her knickers never came back for her clothes. Just carried on just running. That person let the guy die. It was just like wheezing. I'll sit down there. I've forgotten about you. Didn't tell anyone. She is bad news. There was that nothing. Manager to... is bad news. Well, don't you think, Paul? Yes. Come on. She's like, oh, there, there, love. It's a Fucking very sit down there. It... I'm going upstairs. Oh, he's dead, is he? I would say. Oh, he's dead. Is he? I would say. Yes, who is he's it? dead. It's on your. His blood of an old man is on your hands. I would say. I Sarah. thought it was going to be smunk of an old man, but it was blood <laughs> of an old man. I think Sarah's at fault here. She fucking is. She didn't go check. This is years ago, up. but Jesus, we don't want to open a cold case, but she could yeah. get done. Yeah. She could totally is get there done. A she was limitations on this. Now, Paul, very good story. Well, I like it. It's a bit yet. macabre. Okay. We haven't finished right, it yet. So she never came back. The, the, the uh, lady, old lady ran yeah. off with her clothes. Never the old came man back. had died. And when the work experience girl found out what had happened, she was mortified. And she didn't come back the next day for work either. 
Um, she left. But just the like thing that. is, even months after the event was over, we weren't able to put the, the past entirely behind us. As the very clothes the old man had been wearing, the same fedora hat, coat, suit, brown brogue shoes, all came back in a donation bag. Brilliant. <laughs> Along with other selections of penguin paperbacks he'd bought in the past from wow. us. I decided to hold on to the clothes and put them away in a locker in the stock room. Then, if anyone ever reported seeing a ghost in the changing room, we'd be able to tell them exactly who the ghost was. I love that, that his stuff started coming back. That's great. That's it? just it's weird that that little You know, it's like things with charity shops. I've had a thing with my flatmate where he has put a bunch of records he didn't want into the local Marie Curie, and I've gone and bought them and brought them back into the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and they're shit, believe me. Uh, but yeah, no, that's great. Great story. I've thought that uh, it was going to go chicka chicka wow wow when she yeah, went in. No, like, but, oh, love, don't mind of me. I just almost had a heart attack. Now, <laughs> now I've got a stodge on. All right, so there you go. I've got a dirty stodge on. <laughs> All right, mate. All right. <laughs> stodge, that's a good word for erection. It's not. <laughs> it is. Not, it, I've got not. a fucking suet pie on. Fucking I've got not. a stodge. Get the carbohydrates. So there, there we go. Two stories that didn't no, involve. I think we've shit we've reached a new today. level. I love the detail there. It was a good story, James. Thank you. Uh, the first one wasn't too bad either. The pocket wanker. I liked that. It, it had a nice bit of a. Both of them felt like kind of odd crime episodes. Yes, but that's that's where tales from the shop floor can go to, Paul. Cheap show, crime investigation unit, charity shop edition. God, that's Sniff a long for enough. cum. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're in forensics, DP Gannon. Oh, I did a sweep were, of the stage. Did it smell slightly fishy? We can tell from a slab tech exa- scientific tests that he ate a boiled egg before he died. How do you know that? There's boiled egg in his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it even went out hey, there. Hey, DP Gannon, yeah. we're going to need you to do the smell test on the cum. <laughs> <laughs> Is it come? Tell me. <laughs> Tell me. I'm loving this. This could get syndicated. <laughs> Paul, come on. Calm down. Come on, you're okay. <laughs> you're okay, man. You're okay. <laughs> yes, it's come. <laughs> Good. Right. Send it to the lab. <laughs> right, that's Tales from the Shop Floor. If you have any to send us, email um, thecheapshow at gmail.com. Thank you. Ew. Right. Uh-huh. In a change of programming, we're going to do Silverman's Platter, but Silverman has not brought any platters to the one today. Oh, I did not buy any platters today. So, I thought I'd do Gannon's Platters. Oh, Oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah? I don't know. All right, Gannon. This is going nowhere. Gannon's Platters. nowhere. So I bought uh, three uh, little uh, vinyl treats that I saw in... This would have been the Salvation Army Now, Paul, this is a result of me lending you my Vestax Handy Tracks portable record player... It's a lovely little thing. It's a lovely it? little thing. I've lent it to you because you need to be able to listen 
to vinyl out here in Cambro. Indeed. And so as a public service, you've lent me this wonderful little portable record And you've given it player. a little clean up. It's nice. I've, I've scrubbed it up nice. I've put some love on it. There, it's it. not in perfect, Nick, is it? Because of the power, the power being uh, the problem. But, you it know, needs a wedge to get the power to work properly. It works fine. It works fine. It works beautifully for what I need it to, which is to just pop out, find some vinyl in old Cambro, and then try them out here and see how, slap how the, they float. Slap the vinyl on the platter and say... Hello, Henry McFatter. What's the splatter on your platter to data? So I have tri-platter today. Trifecta platter splatter. Tri-splacter. Tri-splac-splatter. Very good. Tri-splatter. Very, very good. Thank you, Daddy Silverman. <laughs> daddy. Daddy Silverman. Say daddy. Say daddy. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. Good. So what Ooh we got? papa. No, don't say that. Oh, come on, love. <laughs> Ooh wee papa. I hate it when your parents are here. <laughs> <laughs> means I can't get my grabber off. <laughs> Tell your mum to fuck off so I can fucking come up you. Ooh wee papa. <laughs> okay, so. Well, I have three. So where do you want to start? One, two, or three? Wherever you like, Paul. It's your platters. I thought I'd give you some control. I don't care. Well, I actually don't care. I'll give you the title of the bands and we'll just or the artist and you can go, oh, let's do that one then. Can't you just pick one oh, yourself? Fucking hell. Alright, we'll start with this one I bought. It's called Um The Oldest Swinger in Town. Ah. And who's it by? It's by an artist called Fred Wedlock. And what's the label, Paul? The Rocket Record Company. What's now, that do you mean, know then? about the Rocket Record Company? I don't. What is it? It was Elton John's label. Is it still going? I well no labels are going really. Oh, fair I don't enough. know what happened to that. No. Can I ask a question? You can. And I don't know if it's just... And if, it, if the question is, is that a noodle? <laughs> it's not. It's not. Okay. It's not. Um, no, the question is, and I don't know if it's just on this one or a lot of records do it, but I was wondering what that little blue dot is. Let me see. If you feel it, it feels like a little sticker, but I don't know what it is. No, that is a sticker that's been put on by a DJ, so he knows at a glance which side he has to play. Oh, is that what that is for? Yeah, so you don't have to look at it. You can just yeah. go, that's got the dot on that side, eh? Um, there were... Do you reckon that might have been in a radio station then, maybe? Yeah, almost definitely, yeah. So probably. the DJs don't have to think so about it. They grab it and slap it on the gram, as they yeah. call it. And uh, yeah, and that will tell them that's the A side, because he wouldn't want to play the B side. Also, I think that looks like someone's just bought a pack of stickers and is using that yeah. as a tool for themselves. It has been added by the record companies factory. did used to put what they call plug stickers which could be stars or pl- play this side stickers oh really for the dj so when they send them out to the dj there could be no confusion about what the side was they were meant to be spinning on the radio and those uh, do have some value oh really? they're kind of like yeah they're the old sort of record plug stickers on on sevens okay so they make you know, them unique they make they them make it special. a bit more collectively collectively and i have one a bob crew one which has some really cool old-fashioned big Plug stickers on the A side. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that is a plug sticker, but I think that was just put on by whoever was DJing this on probably local radio around here, maybe. Cool. Well, let's play a little bit of the song right now. It's Fred Wedlock, and it's called The Oldest Swinger in Town. When you score with a chick in a disco bar Take her home in your hairy little car Then you find you went to school with her mom Pa, you're the oldest swinger in town When you won't look in a mirror in the light of day Swear you dyed it when your hair turns grey When you zip up your wranglers and your bellies in the way You're the oldest swinger in town Here you come and there you go 
flywheel spots and a stereo But the engine's clapped and the driver also is the oldest swinger in town Oh, it's 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 one of those very typically British folky comedy songs that were popular in the very early eighties. Now, is it a comedy song or is it a novelty song? And what's the oh, difference, Paul? That's a very interesting question. You see, I would say it's a comedy song. Yes, yeah, it's so written would I. lyrically to be a music, comedic. But what would be a novelty song? A novelty song well, was Blobby. Mister Blobby would be a novelty song. Where yes. the, the only reason that song exists is because there's a brand hanging on, right? You know, but novelty songs can be funny as well, can't they? They can well, like be. The streak. That's why they call it the streak. That one, which yeah. is a big hit. It's comedic, but is that a novelty song? A novelty is just sort of it's about something that is sort of quirky or crazy. Is the birdie or song a novelty song? Yes. Is Agadoo by Black Lace? No. You think that's just a straight a down song. the line pop song that yeah. just happens to be shit and cheesy? Yeah. Okay. What about birdie when, song because it has the bird suits. That's the novelty. But that you know the birds that that version was a cover version of a French birdie really? song. Yes. So just we monkey 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 monkey. It was originally a French tune. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Good to know. What about when someone like an artist called Captain Sensible does Happy Talk? Is that a novelty song? No, again, I just think that's a pop cover, isn't it? Okay, all right. But it's verging on novelty. I'd say to be novelty, it has to be something like The Street or like... Young Ones, Cliff Richard and Living Doll. Yes. Novelty or comedy? Novelty. Interesting, isn't it? It's a There is a Venn diagram of novelty and comedy and there's a big section where they overlap. Yeah. So I think that is a comedy song. Definitely a comedy song. That happened to be popular. Yes. In the similar way, funnily enough, to... Ernie, the fastest milkman in the West, by exactly. Benny Hill. Comedy songs, comedy song. Those are outside of the the area where you can say without a doubt this is a comedy song. Yeah, and it has some amusing lines, Paul. The you know the music musically. There's a good line at the end of it where I think he says, "It would take you all night to do what you used, you used to, do to do all night." night. Yeah, it's That's, a nice little it's a nice clever line. line. Yeah, it's a clever line. Uh, it's, it also it's reminds sure. me these songs were all over the place in that period, weren't they? I was going to ask. There was a kind of folk revival in the late. Early eighties and late seventies with like Jasper Carrot and uh, yeah, but it's comedy folk. Who's that other guy? Was Phil Cool did it initially as well? I think he. I think before he. I don't know. I might be wrong. Richard Dijans. Billy Connolly. Richard Dijans. Billy Connolly was part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Where they were big because he had the humble bombs, didn't he? Yes. Uh, With uh, Eric Clapton. No, wasn't Eric Clapton. Was it Eric Clapton in that? No. Who was the guy who went on to do Baker Street? Jerry Rafferty. Yes, he was in the humble bombs. Yeah. Yes. And I heard the other day that Jerry Rafferty actually did pay back royalties to the guy who did the sax solo in Baker Street. Because at the time, he just got some guy and paid him 50 quid for the session. And then made a right royal mint out of it. But he has, apparently, he has seen the error of his way and back paid him, which is nice of him. Well, he's dead now, but he did before he died. Oh, man, I would have given you all this money if you were alive. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, Rafferty's dead. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes. So it sort of has some slightly amusing lines. The first line about your hairy car. What do you think he's referring to? Is the car full of pubes? Or is is the interior hairy? Because they used to have those plush, you know, those kind of done up cars. Maybe that's what it is. With the furry dice. It's like a Ford, it's like a, what, a Vauxhall Astra with a really furry interior. Like a deep shag pile uh, carpet on the... Full of dirt and muck and... Pubic lice. (laughs) Sausage grot, you know. Sausage grot. You know, spunk. Spunk. Yeah. Well, the fleecy spunker. Penis oil. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the fleecy spunker would... Uh, Cock would... yogurt. <laughs> All right, Paul, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Well, I tried to do a song about the fleecy spunker and you were having none of it. So yeah. I'm not going to go. So why am I all of a sudden Could I just say, penalised? If it was a hairy car, yeah. imagine the fleecy pocket wanker got in that car. He'd have a fucking. Oh. He'd cream his pants. He would spunk all over the fucking place. Anyway, Fred Wedlock, it turned out, was a folk singer uh, best known for his UK single, The Oldest Swinger in Town. So that was reasonably successful. So it was a big hit. What, what, yeah. which, uh, to which place in the charts did it rise? Do we Ooh, know? You know what? I don't know. I can, have, I can find this out. Uh. Oldest Swinger in Town in early 1981 reached number six in the UK charts. Okay. So not, he would have made a bit of money from that in the day. In the these 80s. days, you wouldn't make that much not money. Not these days, you? but back in the day, it meant more to be in the yeah. top ten. Like You have to fight for it. And you would make a great deal of money if you are in the yeah. top ten. So there you go. He sadly died, unfortunately, uh, Fred Wedlock. But, yeah, known for uh, performing around um, the West Country, doing shows and things like that. And so, but he st- kept as a sort of comic folk singer rather than moving into the stand-up, as uh, Jasper Carrot so yeah. lucratively did. Yeah. Uh, very Lots of things in common with Carrot. Seems to be from the same part of the world. Similar. He's got a Brahmi kind of uh, burr going on there. That's I, what I think it. he was more of an actor, this guy, rather than a oh. performer. So... This is a song he did. He did a few songs, but I think he did the old Vic, a few shows in the old Vic. Oh, and okay. um, it says he presented programs on the West Country TV. Oh, he did. So, so there you a, go. Bit, a bit more light entertainment, maybe, than so Carrot. Out of five platters, <laughs> I'll go. T- I'll go two. I didn't. I don't care for it. In terms of what it is, I personally would go with three. Okay. There it's successful. Go. It's not awful by any stretch of the imagination. Heart in the right place. Reasonably I know, witty. But it's just sort of. A... Yeah, but. In terms of what we do on the platter, this is a higher quality platter in terms of it's a bit naff, but it's got a charm that you can't really say no to. It reminds me of that song about Murphy and the Bricks. Yeah, but that's awful. No, that's fine, but it goes on for fucking ever. Yeah, and he's got a punchline at the end. And then he He went up the air, and then he fell down the air. And he smacked his head on the the fucking bricks. And the bucket on the head, and he fell down. He's bleeding out the brains on the fucking floor. And O'Malley said, you build the wall, you daft idiot. All he did, he do. No, don't. Look, don't say that. I can do what I want. Uh, My show. Yeah, so. There you go. All right, well then, let's just say 2.75. No, we don't have to agree. We can all have our both. We're not saying 2.75. Elton John probably had some money from that. It's a little bit funny. Yeah. No, don't. So, um, did he release his albums on Rocket Records then? All those. Yes, so, he did. And like the, Kiki, the one you see, always see is uh, Kiki D. Don't go breaking me out. Yeah. I wouldn't if I could. You are a massive beard. Right. So, next one we're going to do, we're going to jump to slightly more uh, upbeat pop hits. This is uh, a song called Boys and Girls, but not by Blur. No, it's by a band, uh, a three-piece uh, lady outfit called Charlie Makes the Cook. A three-piece lady outfit like a suit. <laughs> yeah, made for a woman's skin. <laughs> Charlie Makes the Cook. And why, look, why were they called that? It's a weird name. Shall I tell you what the Wikipedia article says about them? Sure. Charlie Makes the Cook was a girl group in the late 80s consisting of three girls. So far, yeah. Right? I could have told you that. The only success was limited, and it was under the title that they released called Boys and Girls, released in 1987, that um, ranked eight in the top 50. This has been translated from French, which is why uh, the sentence is okay. a little bit cock-a-hoop. Um, Excuse me. So I got to the French. The next it- sentence is, a clip had even been made. Right. <laughs> they made a video, I think that's what I think it, that's what it's saying. saying. Uh, in 1988, they released their second single called Good Day for Love. Now, I think you should watch out for that, Paul. Might pop up round here. Might pop up. Obviously, someone's a fan of this. Good Day for Love. Not bad. Well, they might. I bet that goes, good day for love. Yeah. 
They tried to look again in 1989 and released another third and final single called ABC. Three singles is all they had. And that was a flop. Girl broke up a few years later. <laughs> the group. That's what it says. The girl right. gr- gr- broke up a few years later. Okay, so they didn't have a great deal of success. And Let's uh, you- play a little bit of it right now. You can see why they didn't have a great deal of success, Paul, it's can't you? awful. It sucks, and it's quite cynical. It's obviously been to be Bananarama. But they're also, they're quoting other songs. There's this thing about girls having fun. Okay, I wrote this down on that little envelope there. Pass to, I wrote down what I think the song breaks down into, and I think right. it breaks down into these four elements. It starts off with, hey, Mickey, you're so fine. Yes. So, hey, Mickey, yeah. you're so fine. It's got that. Chance. Yeah, because it's like "Hey baby," they say yeah. or something. Yeah, and it's like "Hey baby," so they fucking ripped that off. That was yeah. a big hit, wasn't it? And then it goes into what I think is like a nursery rhyme thing, where it's all, um, all that maybe it's Nikita, you know, boys, boys, boys. Yeah, we're looking for a good yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But they make it more sound sing songy. Yes. And then it goes into girls just want to have fun by Which Sydney Lauper. Totally, totally rip, basically. Completely. And then it ends with Ben basically going into the Beatles with I Want to Hold Your Hand. Yeah. It kind of ends that last line on that. And then it goes into its chorus. And it's like, it none of it hangs together. It doesn't hang together. And it's just cynically put to, they just cynically said, how can we... Excuse me. <laughs> what? How can we... <laughs> how can we take bits of hooks from very popular pop songs and try and get them into this? Yeah. And bizarrely, none of it works. No. They're a the knockoff French... Banana Rama. Yeah, they really are. And there's a video which I'll get moody on the cover, don't they, as well? The pop video is very awful. Is it? I'll put that on the website, thecheapshow.co.uk. But if you go to this, yeah, if you go to the webpage for this episode, you put the video, oh, my better. I mean, maybe it's because they're French and they're singing in English. What do you mean because they're French? They might be. This is it. It's your latent. No, I'm just saying. Francophobia coming out. I'm saying that maybe. It's latent Francophobia, Paul. And you said to me, I know you don't want to admit it, but you said to me in a private moment, I hate the fucking French. Yeah, I did. Right. So you've admitted it now. They are garlic eating surrender monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Got anything from bottom that you want to plagiarize and just say here? It's the gas man. Right, thank you. So, yes, very poor. What score are you going to give Charlie Makes the Boy? What's it called? Well, Charlie Makes the Cook. Well, what you see? Makes the Cook. Imagine sitting in a room for hours coming up with a name for a band well, and then going, because they Charlie are Makes French, the Cook. Paul, it sounds like the type of title that you would think, oh, that sounds nice in a, in a different language. 
Do you see what I mean? If you don't really sort of comprehend what the words mean. So it just if you translate sort of... it from French to English, it would have been Charlie Makes the Cook, when actually maybe the band's name is Chef Charlie. Charlie. Uh, Un chef. Écrivain le, le, le chef de partie. No. Um, chef de partie. That would be a good one. Yeah, like a house, I, house I would, band. Yeah, really would. <laughs> chef de partie. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Right. Copyright cheap show. Fucking get okay, your hands off. Okay, no, but you, no, I, that's not what I mean. I mean that they just chose a bunch of English words because of the sort of way they sounded to their French ear. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, one. Yeah, I'll give it one. It's poor. I'm proud of this in many respects. Very poor, but it's extremely cynical the way they've sort of, it's a Frankenstein monster of popular hits of the time. That yeah. Just sort of, it's almost like Jive Bunny. It doesn't work. Yes. So we go on to the third and potentially maybe even worse track today. Okay. Now so, this one I'm going to have to stick on on the Vestax, Paul. Now you I, hand it over. I will. But what I want to do before we get there is break down what's going on. So All right. Wow. On the show in the past, we've covered famously Noel Edmonds. We've covered Bruce Forsyth. Uh, we've mentioned Russ Abbott. Russ Abbott. A yes, lot. famously. Uh, we went down a bit of a Russ Abbott hole for a while. A Russ Rabbit hole. Indeed. Um, very good. <laughs> so um, I think it's about time we introduce a new one. And interestingly, it's it's the reason this guy here is interesting is because without him, we wouldn't have had Russ Abbott. Aha. Uh-huh. So this is by an artist, and I use the word artist wrongly, Freddie Starr. Now, Freddie Starr was a popular sort of uh, end of the pier style comic. Would we, is that fair to say, Paul? Comedian, impressionist. But he was quite singer, popular. actor. He was quite popular in the sort of late 70s, early 80s period. Do you know period. why, though? Because in the 60s... Now, apparently, I'm going to get this wrong. I'm sure I am. But I think I remember my mum telling me a story where she babysitted for someone's... For Freddie, someone in Freddie Starr's family. Right. And she met Freddie Starr and said he was horrible. A nasty man. A bit of a dickhead. Right. That's all conjecture, because I can't prove that. I'm probably okay. remembering the story wrong. But he I is remember there, isn't he? Some, yeah, I don't like him. But... <laughs> What's interesting about him is that even though he's known now for being a wacky comedian, hyperactive, crazy, crazy guy, yeah. he started out as a Mersey Beat singer in the oh, 60s. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he had, it was called Freddie Starr and the Midnighters. Okay. So a lot of his early career started out on uh, on the club scene. He also performed in the same place as the Beatles, apparently. The Cavern. Know, the Cavern and things yeah. like that. I think even maybe Germany. So he had... Hamburg. A lot of people went to Hamburg, didn't yeah. they? So, and then he made it big on Opportunity Knocks, and that's when it uh, became Freddie Starr as a crazy performer. I see. Yeah. So he was uh, grinding away there. Yeah. Uh, working he did the Beatles, and he did go to Hamburg, and he um, says here, let me get this right, Freddie Starr and the Midnighters, the group were promoted by the manager of the Beatles, Brian Epstein, ah. and was recorded on the Decca label by Joe Meek, who went on to release... Uh, oh, so there's some... Uh, man, if you could get hold of the... The Joe Meek produced Freddie Star. Now that would be something. Well, this just says it's written by Dave Christie. No, no, Christie. that wouldn't be. Meek died by the by the late sixties. He was shot. Oh, by his oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meek so, is the guy who does. You know Joe Meek? Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. Telstar. Yeah, yeah. Down, down. That's right. So yeah. that would be interesting because he is because Joe Meek obviously was a Svengali figure and he loved blonde men. Okay, because he had this guy Hines who was this blonde guy yeah, yeah, yeah. for him, and Freddie Star's blonde as well, isn't he? So you can see him. Yeah. You can and see he had him luscious being, hair. Yeah, you can see him being approached by Meek as one of his leading men on his tunes, definitely. He's, he's also had uh, four wives. <laughs> I'm just putting that in. Uh, not good with the women. There's obviously a pay- part of this page on Freddie Starr's Wikipedia that has a section that says, Sexual Assault Allegations. Okay. So we're all not, mate. You know, and then the next one is uh, stand-up videos, and then underneath that, Spousal of Bruce. Okay. Hello. 
Is he not now? Freddie Starr is not the guy who's now returned to the comedy circuit and is going around That's doing. Bobby like, Davro right. will come to him okay. in time, I'm sure. Okay. But let's listen to. I think it's not with the Midnighters. It's maybe on his own. No, it's just him. Yeah. And what? It's the A side. Yeah, it's you. No, it's the other A side. Oh, you want the B side? Oh no, uh, whatever the A side is is the one. It, uh, right. So which one are we listening to? Paul? Side A. Okay. I'm gonna just. You've had. You fat the splatter platter over to me. In my chair, and I'm going to slap the platter on the <laughs> on the turntable. I miss you, honey. The table is set, but something is missing. It's you, and a tear fills my eyes after thinking. I fix things for you After dinner The kids Will go off To sleep in The rooms I'll kiss them Goodnight And begin my Long fight Without you All through this day, my mind just oh, God, won't this is leave painful. me alone. I can you make it stop, name. please, boy. Yeah, you can make it stop whenever you want. What? <laughs> oh. Okay. Written by Larry Butler. That I'm... sucks. It's it's terrible. Sit in your chair properly, otherwise you're all wanky, wanky shaft. Your wanker shaft. Uh, very good. So, Paul, that sucks. Uh, one star. Yeah, one, one star, star for Freddie Star. You can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to woo the lady to the ballad. You know. Yeah, it's uh, a ballad. It's sort of a heartfelt ballad about missing his lady. If you're frightened of when I come home drunk again, it's you. The rant about yeah. the Beatles before spousally abusing Anyway, I was you. doing some research on Freddie Star for this episode, trying to give him a bit more context. Comedian, wacky, had a bit of a resurgence in the late 80s and 90s. Wives. Wasn't great with his wives, bit horrible, bit drunk. Uh... Has you know, alcoholism like problems? To do, he, but he was given a Madhouse TV show, which was awful, which he then quit, and then Russ Abbott took over and, and became... And made a huge success. Yeah. It. So and so there's probably, you know... I don't know if I do want to thank Freddie Starr for Russ Abbott, though. It's a, to- you know? it's a complicated situation, yeah. so we'll move swiftly on. He had his audience with show. Remember, that was a big hit on ITV, and then... Okay, uh, but they usually do that when they've had a sort of uh, career for of years. Career, yeah. yeah. He must have. He must have anyway, been quite popular. The last thing I heard of him was he was doing. Uh, he was drunk, bloated in Spain, where he now lives, doing Elvis impression, uh, sing along shows, and karaoke yeah. nights. Oh wow, that has a certain sadness to it. Some sadness. To I bet, it, and he it? bet he still sings this. I bet he does. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, one, one. Wow, one. that sucks. Do but a wanna... low one. B-side? Is the B-side any more I think the B-side's just as bad a ballad. I'm just going to check it out. Let's go. I'm liking this more, Paul. (laughs) Maybe. Oh, yeah. Funky. His voice ruins it. It's wet. 
a terrible voice that with that vibrato. Slow it down. See if it better slow down. A little bit better. Now do it fast. <laughs> well, there you go. That was Freddie Starr, and I think it was a slightly better song than the B-side, let's it, be blunt. It certainly was. Had a bit more oomph to it. Oomph. But again, a very strange and uh, unsatisfying voice. Yes. The production of the song is not too bad, but kind the voice is watery. goes into... Watery business. Anyway. Anyway, that's been Gannon's Platters. How do you think about it? What do you feel? I feel you could have selected some more interesting uh, records, and you're basically a cunt to me most of the time, and that's it. Sorry to puncture your fucking bubble, mate. That was a successful segment of the show. Yes. Now, you know, we've uh, been... I wanted to introduce a section called uh, Antique Cheap Show, where I present something to you. Well, we did you. do that section. Right. I want to do it again, kind of, because I went to buy something and it ended up being a lot more expensive than I thought it was going to be because I was lied to by that shit cunt who fucking worked in the charity oh. shop. And I was put in an awkward position and I had to buy it. Why? Because, because I really wanted it and I made a big deal about really wanting it and I thought, here's how much it is based on that big sound of fucking war. And they and said, went, no, no, no. It's a fiver. How much did you think it was? 50p. Really? That's a big... That's a yeah. Big, and then by that marker. time, I talked myself into buying it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, I can't wait to get this home and read it. Oh, it's really good. I'm really interested in this, that, and the other. The guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He fucking knows what's really? coming. Yeah, I think he did. Got it from over there, and I pulled out 50p, and he went, just shook his head. No. He just shook his fucking head at me. <laughs> anyway. And then he did it kind of a... A little laugh. Yeah, I hate... Fucking, what's all that about? Fuck off. So I went, oh, okay, and I pulled my It's card like the people out. in the record exchange shops where you go in with your your heap of vinyl to yeah. exchange for either money or yeah. exchange vouchers. Or goods. And or they services. look at you and they go, who are you? It's not going to be very much. <laughs> yeah, Do they you know get what I mean? With a big smile that. on their face. Yeah. And they look at you and they go, look at them and they go, there's not much here. Oh. You're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Always smugging out. Fuck you. You fucking cunt. Anyway, I ended up buying this thing for a fiver. And what is this thing? Well, Mr. Silverman, I'll let you describe it. What is it? He's handing me. It's a book. Ooh, I'm getting a little nostalgia vibe. (laughs) Here we go. Just looking at the cover here, ladies and gentlemen. It is the BBC TV Top of the Pops Annual 1975. 1975. The year of my birth. Oh, really? Of course, yeah. The year of my birth. Wow. Okay, so what we've got here is in lovely, very nostalgic font. We've got the BBC TV. Yes, yeah. the old, the old seventies logo. Logo they use. And I they thought also, this thing would be a nice little trip down top of the Pops Lane, and maybe some dark they, avenues would be. In, they also explored. used the BBC that BBC font or logo for their record and tape yeah. Yeah. label, which it's was an independent label. They do have that going on at the BBC. They have like Red Bee Media as well now, which I think releases all their worldwide and DVD and but stuff. But even back then, I think it was an independent yeah. thing. Sort I think of it licensed would have had to have been by them or something. For yeah. legal reasons, probably. Because yes. they used to have hits with BBC Records. Yeah, yeah. They weren't allowed, yeah. Anyway, and on this cover, you have some photos. Right there, next to Top of the Pops, we have... Here we go. 
Jimmy, child raping monster Sam. So, directly across from him, as if on a level with him, Paul, we have hairy nugget face Noel Edmonds. Noel Edmonds. Weirdo, cancer can be cured with sound waves, hairy nugget face Edmonds there. Who's in the bottom corner? You've got someone I have quite a lot of time for, Paul. Yeah, me too. Blackburn. Tony Blackburn. Tony Blackburn there. Cuddly Tony Blackburn. He's grinning. He's, He's looking going, happy. I've had hits on the Northern Soul scene. That was his big Crazy. story that he dines out on. Yeah. And uh, there he is. And in the middle next to him, underneath the title, it's the Osmonds. Is that they the were, Osmonds? Uh, let's have a look. There's little yeah, Jimmy. it's the Osmonds. That Mormon crazy band. They're crazy. And they all look like they've been given a sedative shot and told to grin or they won't get their dinner. No, they, were the, they, were the, they were the Mormon. No, uh, So they smiled all the time regardless of anything. That was it. They are just happy because Jesus was in their heart. Yeah. They were, they were laughing all the way through some dark shit. Was there dark <laughs> shit going on? I don't know. Not, I can make okay, some stuff Okay, that's up. great. So can I open it? And it's I, I want to just... All right, I'm handing it back. I want to just um, kind of preface this a little bit because um, it's an annual. And I don't know if it's a big thing outside of the UK, but annuals are kind of like year, uh, they're released yearly books that kind of That's summed the up the year. Means, Paul. Yeah. yeah, but they're a book that sums up the they year's events. They were a hardback events. version like a of, magazine. of a magazine yeah. or comic, True. which the comic would often have a sort of omnibus-sized uh, stories from the year. Or maybe you'd want your own... You would feel ripped off if they used stories that they'd already put out that year in the comic. You'd want yeah. a special story for the annual. Always hardback, is that right? Yeah, always hardback. It's like um, a special gift at the end of the year for someone who likes the Beano, for the example. The Beano, the Dandy, maybe a magazine like Smash It. Wizard and done Chips. Wizard and Chips. Looking, we talked about looking Almost before. every media sort of uh, property that was in any way linked with young people yeah, and they still do one. it today. Doctor Who has an annual, Fireman Sam, Peppa Pig. And they have sort of post-ironic annuals, yeah. like Jeremy Corbyn annual. Viz, have you seen that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Viz do them as well. Famously so. Yes. I don't know. If, this again, is the real I deal. I don't know if there's anything like this in America or in Europe. There, there may be, but in terms of like Christmas Day, you'd get an annual, you'd wouldn't you? would get an annual. You I don't know, know I mean? if it is uniquely British, but it, it might be. So, I think what would... It, this is broken up into Top many... Top of the Pops was a magazine as well, then, I assume, that they had a sort of... Uh, I don't wh- think they did. I don't think okay. it's a magazine. I know. So this is it. So then it's anomalous because it's a, something that wasn't a magazine, but then did have an annual anyway. Because I think it was just licensing the brand, so they thought, okay, we'll want a year. And I we'll think they had shows the, like, uh, you know, like uh, Blue Peter had annuals. Yeah, yeah. Tiz was had a few. Yeah, and what about sort of American crime shows like? Uh, Some do. I mean, you could get an eighties Cannibal annual. Run. Did Cannibal Run have an annual or something? No. I bet movies had annuals as Maybe, well. Maybe though. I think I there was know. things like Jaws annuals and stuff. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So here's the topics in this issue of uh, the 1975. Maybe I'm talking shit. So we'll get to uh, this soon, which is the fascinating one. And I know we might be pushing our luck in terms of taste, but first article, Jimmy Savile, the daddy of DJs. Okay. (laughs) Um, Adding curves to the pop scene is another uh, chapter. Touring America with Slade. (laughs) A lot of fun. Yeah. Osmond Mania. It ain't easy putting the top of the pop show together. Uh, I bet it isn't. Roy Wood, the wizard one-man band. Roy, would. it would. He can you imagine? He was a big pop star at the time. I know he's such crazy. a strange. His music's so strange, as and he's well. only known for that one massive hit, which was "I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day." And he looks deranged, like a deranged wizard guy. In that, he is. Yes, rock and roll. It's still alive and kicking. That's the next chapter. Page fifty-two has two top DJs: Noel Edmonds, the man who hates to stand still. 
That's what the article was called. Why? But we're going to get to this separately, okay. which we'll explain at the end of the episode. All right. All right. Um, Dave Lee Travis. It's the hairy cornflake. The hairy monster, it says here, yeah. Tony Blackburn. Does he have a hairy car? I bet he had a hairy, well puby car. <laughs> Very puby car. Tony Blackburn branching out. Wings, Paul McCartney, the Beatle who learned to fly. The top what, 30. So what, the Beatles were shit and Wings was better? Is that what it is? Well, that's what Alan Partridge believes. Well, exactly. Tony, the band the Beatles could have been. Um, what else? Uh, if it's black, it's really beautiful. Which is an article about how black music is on the grow in the UK. Is that real? Yeah. There's a top 30. There's a Carpenters article. There's suddenly, it's middle of the road music. An article that talks about how music was popular and then became known as middle of the road. Interesting, right? Ah. Uh, letters from Top of the Pops Postbag, Rolling Stones, uh, Heartthrobs on Parade, and then the quiz answers. So... Let's get this out of the way, shall we? Oh, no. Jimmy Savile, the daddy of DJs. Now, again... If, so what's the format of this article, Paul? It's basically what's happened is someone went, Jimmy Savile, can you do an intro to this book? Talk about your life and career, what you think of the industry. And he went, someone sit down with a tape recorder. I'll talk. You fuck off and write right. it. Okay? Yeah. So someone sat down with him and recorded this. And he's just been left to talk. Oh, no. And it's his train of mind. Now, in the UK... He's now infamous for being a disturbing, horrible person who molested lots of children and elderly and uh, infirm and potentially even dead people. And people who were hospitalized with yep. their disability, he would then rape because he was given keys to children's hospitals. It yep. just sounds like but something he had, you'd make up. But he was How horrific. He had his own keys to children's wards <laughs> in hospitals. That's like giving, what the fuck, That's like man. giving like, Freddy Krueger keys what to the a school. fuck who the fuck gave the but guy because a he key. had that power though he had that he was he was <sighs> so famous in the uk because he was eccentric because he had that kind of leery threatening jack of all trades you know jack of the lad kind of thing but he also had i don't know he was a dj he must have had some a radio appeal. dj he must have, he was a big con and a tv he presenter. was a big fraud as well wasn't he he was but he also he knew how to fucking play it obviously because he got away with murder he literally died laughing. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was never going to have to deal with all the shit he went through. Or he put people through. He put people through. Louis Theroux did a documentary about him. Fascinating he to watch. He was strange. You... I'll put that link to that, actually, if you can get it on YouTube. Very strange. On our page. So, here is Jimmy Savile talking about him, his life, his career. I'm not going to do an impression. Thank fuck. I think you're all thinking. I think the year 75 will be the biggest year of pop because it looks like this country and the world in general is going into a decline commercially. <laughs> and when it comes to periods of decline, entertainment comes into its own together with a lot of other things. So he's going to go on now uh, talking about how, you know, the entertainment's here to pepper us all up when everything's in the shit. You know, right, because it's about um, 75, the year I was born, there was, uh, were they in the middle of the oil crisis, I believe? Yeah. And they were sort of like, yeah. Was it this was, like the, the four-day weeks or whatever it yeah, was? Yeah, three-day working yeah. week. And, uh, yeah, it was all during that time. Yeah. And 75, I think, had the one of the hottest summers ever on record. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so, so it was like a load time. of rubbish in the street that hadn't been collected, stinking and, like, no one could drive and stuff like that. It was bad. Yeah. So, so that's talks, why he says that. He talks about Romans and fighting and Colosseums for a bit. That's quite nice. Um um, you talk about how entertainment was born to keep people distracted when dark shit was going on. So basically, that's what things were for to keep oh, people good, happy. Yeah. To keep a bit listen of to this pop song while I rape a disabled child. <laughs> yeah, um, 
Pop will have a bumpier entertainment because pop is the easiest and most candy floss of all entertainment, he says. Because the success of pop records rests on the fact that you're asking someone for two and a half minutes to forget their worries while listening to tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree, you're asking them not to do it for two and a half hours, like Bach, Beethoven, and whoever. He's talking about how it's a nice little distraction, uh, how pop's a nice little distraction. Yeah. He goes on to say, I'm an easygoing geezer, but for years I've been trying to hide the fact from people that I have a few brains. Uh, if you're hampered with brains in this world, you will inevitably finish up skint. What a strange fucking philosophy to yeah, have. Yeah, it's such a crafty Get wanker. this. Fortunately, over the years, I have increased my animal cunning. So I am now totally filled with animal cunning. It was only a question of time that the media, like television and radio, found that under the top of the pop's exterior of mine, there happened to be a very shrewd geezer. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Now, this is quite a long thing. I'm not going to read wow, all of it out. he goes on about how shrewd he is. It's almost much. like he's saying, ah, I've kept this away from you. Ah, haven't I? I'm clever because I'm running this you whole You think double, I'm this, but I'm, I'm really not. that. I'm really a child It's rapist. like he fucking yeah. wants people to know. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like he, he, he's daring oh, people to catch so him out. dark. So five years ago, he says, Bill Cotton, the BBC's light entertainment boss, came into my dressing room and said, wear a suit and get your hair cut and you can have a show of your own. I was just going on, about to go on air, and I said, boss, you're about 25 number one awards and a quarter of a million pounds too late. So he said, I knew I was wasting my time, so he turned and walked out. Basically, what Jimmy Savile's saying there no, I'm is, bit, is that, I'm potato, big Charlie, big, big, big bollocks. bollocks. And you can't tell me what to well, fucking wear. And he's wear. put this in an annual for kids, him going on about, oh, listen how fucking great I am. So what he, a... Ugh. Now, five years later... Animal cunning. Now, five years later, Bill Cotton came to me and said, from May 1st, you start eight weeks on your own TV show called Clunk Click. And I said, certainly. Whereupon an amazed Mr. Cotton said, you've always said no before. So I replied, well, you've always asked me. Today, you're telling me. He was staggered. You see, I can't get out of things when someone tells me to do something, can I? And it was the first time that Bill like Cotton mother, ever told me... Like your mother's me. corpse telling you to rape children. <laughs> See, so that that's and then okay, so and you know what's weird about Plunk Click? He wears a suit and that and cuts his hair. Oh, he's got short hair. Yeah, you can see the adverts for it. Where he's like Plunk Click every and trip. What was it like? It's a okay, car safety, safety yeah. show. Fucking levels of fucking dark irony there. That was back in '73. Last year, I did another t- batch of TV shows in the Plunk Click series. It's a great honor, and I love it. But it's very time consuming. I only like to work one day a week. I've become so involved with life, like working at Stoke Mandeville Hospital, uh. Leeds Infirmary, and Broadmoor, and all these ancillary things I do. That's where I meet the people in trouble. That really is life. Wow. You deserved life. And then he talks about, uh, you know, he can't tell jokes, he can't do stand-up, he's not this, that, and he the other. He had no talent, discernible talent, either. No, he talks about basically how he's just a guy who talks for a living. Yeah. He goes on about that. Uh, he talks about how he gets, you know, he, he can throw his weight around on top of the pops and they can't tell him what to do he too much. He talks about that. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, but to some extent. Um, because, you know, that's his kind of bread and his bread and water, whatever you want to call it. You know, His, his bread and water. His bread and food. His, his bread, and, bread and butter. Bread and butter. Thank you. Wow. Go One on. of the most common co- statements of all time and Paul couldn't think of it. And then he goes back to the hospital work. In a hospital, for instance, I think I can give a great deal of pleasure to patients merely by being there and meeting them. I'll take my trolley in and wheel someone down to the x-ray department. Oh. And now before I've opened my mouth, they say, ooh, it's Jimmy Savile. Wait till I tell my nephews and nieces about this. They'll be mad with jealousy. That sort of thing gives me a great thrill. Okay. 
Okay. And then he talks about how he released a song. Do we? Can we hear that? Which is Arabic for how about that then? And Clyde would say... And bells on the toes And a bone in the nose Ho, ho There she was, guys and gals Laying there in all her radiant beauty Eating on a grape And an apricot And a pomegranate Two bananas Three chocolate bars A bowl of cornflakes Sipping on a big orange drink Listening to her transistor Watching the telly And reading a record magazine While she sang It's now or never And Ahab walks up to her And he says... is Arabic for let's twist again like we did last summer baby and she says Oh, yeah, he, it was a cover. He wrote, he, so this is much further down the scene because people say, oh, you know, you work in music so much. Why don't you release a song? Here's what he talks about this. On the pop scene, I have a great deal of admiration for those guys and gals. Guys and gals. Oh, it was appropriate. Who churn out actual records because, you know, he plays them. He goes, oh, I tip my hat to them. Yeah. You know, and he goes, you know, I made a record about 10 years ago. The only one I ever made. It was called Ahab the Arab. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And it's a comedy song, but it's a very, very, very racist song. About, oh, really? About yeah. Arabs? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. About how they're rich and they treat women badly oh, and this and the other, and how they dress they and behave. They treat women badly, do they? Anyway. Jimmy? The tune got to number one in America. Did it? Over- well, I'm not sure how correct that is. I did the research. That song itself got to number one in America, not his version. Uh, there are other covers of it. He's lying here as well. He's you such know? a lying arsehole. And over here, my record sold about 13,000 copies, which is quite good, actually. I gave all the money to the Little Sisters of the Poor in Leeds because I didn't want the money anyway. And then they agreed to give me a key so I could fucking creep around like an absolute monster in their homes. Yeah. I bet it was. Like, I'll give you this. Now then, now then. <laughs> And then he talks about his career as a radio DJ, and it's just a, it's just a job. And he doesn't now care I too remember much. seeing him on a, some kind of telethon, or like the, with children in need, sort of a, a, a sort of televised uh, sort of tele yeah telethon. Yeah, and it had Andy Peters on, who was uh, presenting. Yeah, yeah, and he was sort of shuffled off because they kept getting guests on. You know how these telethons work; they get loads of people guests on, sort of yeah. like a rotating door sort of thing. And he was the sort of I saw him without a place to sit, and he was sort of forced to sit. On like a uh, a piece of furniture that was like a, a chest of drawers. Yeah. And he looked very sort of lost and sort of geriatric and maybe a bit de- like he's got had dementia, like ooh, oh, like God. a lost old man. I remember watching it with my friend and going, oh, that's hilarious because he looks lost. <laughs> he was just a monster. Now, and Paul, that was disturbing. Yeah. Um, but he was hiding in plain sight. Obviously, this is a British magazine about British music, British DJs. I wanted to end on this guy. 
The hairy cornflake. The hairy monster himself, Dave Lee Travis, who, if you know Alan Partridge, he's very much Now, where, when did he, because he must have been Radio 1 as well. He start, Yeah, he was Radio 1, and I think like most of the DJs at the time, he started off with Radio Caroline or certainly Pirate Radio, right. you know, broadcasting from the seas just outside of... Illegally, the, which yeah. sort of started off the whole sort of love of pop music in, in the UK, you could yeah, say, the, those, the three minute those pirates. Yeah. yeah, and again, pretty much defined... British music and the British pop scene in the UK for how years. did they play a record if With, it was stormy? They didn't. It was obviously the horrible film Rock the Boat, written by Richard Curtis, With talked Bill about Mighty. this yeah, it's a bad film. But anyway, basically the answer was they couldn't. They would if it was try storm it, in a it storm. Would, it wouldn't happen. It'd right. just be off. Right, and then you go, uh, oh, and then you talk for a bit and play a few wacky jingles or whatever, and then, and then, you then try, try. And, pl- and then it wouldn't work yeah. again. Here's Joni Mitchell again. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah, it was a tough time. I mean, it was many a many a sketch was uh, made about it. In fact, yeah, obviously, uh, Smashing Nicey, End of an Era. They talk about their work on a pirate radio ship. And, and what happens whole... to them? Oh, something hilarious, I'm <laughs> sure. I fucking love that. If anyone's ever never seen uh, Smashing Nicey, End of an Era, the uh, special, I think it's an hour-long send-off. It is an hour-long. characters. Yes. It is one of the finest things Harry Enfield and Paul Whitehouse have ever I agree. Done. And it also, as well as being hilarious, it does actually tell you quite a lot about yeah, uh, pop radio in the UK. And almost it? where it was yeah. going as well. Yeah, it's it, it's a beautiful, well performed, funny as fuck, and densely packed with co- comedy. Yeah, great. Oh, it's, it's a great thing. Highly recommend. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So anyway, Dave Lee Travis admits this: I'm a complete loony. Oh, you're mad! An absolute nutcase. Oh, do... you've oh you've gone too far now. I'll do anything for a laugh. You've groped a lady's tits now. <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> I'm fucking cockabonkers. <laughs> oh. I like that phrase. I'm going to use cockabonkers more. With his bubbling personality, oh, roaring yeah. laugh, Dave brought a brand new type of eccentricity and zany humour to Top of the Pops when he was introduced as one of the programme presenters last year. Oh, yeah. So 74 he, he started. Then. 74 when he kicked off. He was obviously doing radio beforehand, yeah. but in terms of the show. His voice, of course, was already familiar to radio listeners as he had his own Radio 1 show. But he was new to television in this country, although by no means a newcomer to the medium. Where did he do TV? In Ireland or something? Dave spent two and a half years in Bremen, Germany, doing uh. his own show. The Dave Lee Travis Laugh Barn! <laughs> laugh Barn? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I just made that up. It's not called cool oh, that. Right. I just made that up. Um, which pulled in an audience over the continent. So that means it's going to all the people it sold the show to, not just Germany. But anyway, 80 million viewers he had for that show. Wow. And so it was in German language, we assume. I don't think so. I wouldn't have, well, maybe, but I wouldn't have imagined. It. Okay. Yeah. It might have been one of those kind of variety shows where a bit like Top of the Pops, he would introduce lit- bits and links and do skits yeah. or whatever, and then it would be like, here's your big act. Boney M or something. Probably. Um, he'd been broadcasting for 12 years. He started off working in discos and nightclubs in and around Manchester, his hometown. And then he joined Radio Caroline, working for two years on the southern ship and six months on the northern ship, based off the Isle of Man. They so had two different ships. How are they allowed to talk about it if they were totally illegal? Well, because it was probably clamped down by this. They, they, they'd all fucking got successful, pissed off. And this is a charming part of their history. So what happened to the pirates after the... Did they get somehow... It moved. It went off the seas and became like on the top of a block of flats and yeah. stuff like that. Like when I did Pirate Radio Station in the 90s, the transmitter on the top of the uh, block of flats. Yeah. You know, you had to send it off in case you got nicked or whatever. There was another station, Ice FM, that did it. I I appeared on Scratch FM. Oh, yeah. Itch. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I've heard of that. Yeah. 
itch. It's a hip hop. It's the urban hip hop station. Yeah. Biddy biddy bop, biddy 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 bop. I think they've been sold actually. They've gone legit or something. With the internet, there's really very little point being a pirate radio station anymore. There's maybe kind of earthy, grounded quality to it, you know, like real, real radio. And it's local, I guess, but yeah. And I think there's one or two still around. But yeah, you're right. This, I mean, this podcast is exactly what a pirate radio station would have been. Really? With more winky boo-boos and willy flip-flops. Anyway, shut up. It was while he was broadcasting on Radio Caroline that a German TV producer heard him, liked the sound of his voice, and quickly booked him for his own monthly TV show in Bremen. You'll have a very funny voice, Dave Lee Travers. We want to make you a star. Oh, yeah. Come over to Germany in Bremen and we will give you a monthly show. It'll be wacky and fun. And you will have fun. And you will get a sense of humour working with the Germans. Will I be able to fillet a horse? Added nothing. <laughs> Fucking added nothing. Oh, I love a horse. Anyway, Dave goes on to say, I used to specialise in being really nutty. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mad, me! I remember the first TV show I did, I walked up and unscrewed the camera lens. The oh. cameraman was horrified because the Germans have a very strange sense of humour. No, they don't like They're cunts. Professional up. working on television. <laughs> yeah. They don't like cunts. Yeah. Going, I'll break your camera, mate. Oh, that's hilarious. But then they all suddenly fell about laughing, and I was away. Yeah. He's a cunt. Yeah. I mean, we, we've had Jimmy Savile, but this is worse to me. It's oh, come on. All right, it's not as worse as being horrible to children no. who are infirm and vulnerable. Nothing could really be that bad. But almost though. <laughs> After that, they thought I was a nutter, a maniac. And so I used to do anything I wanted just to get a laugh. Like he... huge lines of blow on <laughs> prostitutes' tits. He became known as Big Dave the English Nut. It was there his infectious humour. The hairy he... coconut. It was this infectious humour that he brought to Top of the Pops. On one of the very early shows, he suddenly leapt away from the microphone, joined the group mud, and went berserk on the drums. A bit mud were like, get this fucking cunt cunt off the fucking stage. (laughs) I'm not a DJ. I'm a really dedicated all-round entertainer, says Dave. Oh, my God. Seriously. He's awful, isn't he? I like the way he goes, where Dave says Dave, seriously. Yes, but I'm really an entertainer. It might sound a bit big-headed to say so. It does. But I know I'm going to be a really big-name entertainer a few years from now. Just wait and see. I'll have a really monster TV show on my own. Monster TV show? History's not been kind to you, Dave. It really hasn't, has it? What the hubris of the He wanted Noel's fucking career. He did. He wanted Dave Travis's house party. Okay, Paul, why didn't Travis get it? Because he's... No one likes him. I don't think anyone likes well, him. Well, he's a cunt, isn't he? Coming and messing with your camera. He's trying to fucking do a job. I'm pretty sure he's fucking... He's trying produce- to be mud. You know what I mean? And yeah. there's cunts on stage with you. Fuck off. All ego. Yeah. Pure Very ego. little fucking what talent. What an ego guy he is. Yeah. Like, I, I, I know it sounds a bit big-headed, but, but I'm, I'm a- going to be huge, I am. And they published it. And also, what gets me is why they get hairy, weird-looking, scary people to present pop shows. Because <laughs> you don't see... Well, the thing is, on radio, you don't have to have a look at them. But then they no, were like, in front they, of the camera, and it's like, oh. That's the weird thing, isn't it? That they that was the that was the route. Yeah. You went from the radio to, to TV. TV. 
And it's almost the opposite these days because you get yeah. those young kids that are on Radio 1 or whatever and they start off it's, by it's because being visible. The focus has changed. Because of the social media. Go from social media no, no, no. to radio. It's, it's just back to front. So back in the day, radio was what everyone listened to. If you couldn't afford a colour TV, you had a, you know, you definitely had yeah. a radio. You used to listen to Radio 1 all the time. You knew The Breakfast Show. You knew all this shit. And then those celebrities, because they were huge for radio ones, just went to TV and pulled people to TV. Yeah. Now it's the other way around. Big TV stars like Jimmy Carr or fucking Russell Brand or whatever will we'll go pull will people be onto the radio to radio because yeah. radio like oh we need the listeners can yeah. you can you fucking come on yeah. and do that interesting yeah. so that's kind of what the is it's the pull is in a different way now but Dave Lee Dave Lee but is he still even on the radio these days I think he does like gold seventies radio yeah. or some maybe I don't fucking care <laughs> um, what an egotist he- get this. He says with such conviction that you have to believe him when he says, I'm the Roy Castle of the DJ world. I can do a bit of everything. Sing, dance, tell gags. He runs his own disco shows, putting on a complete stage production, hiring dancers and doing a full act himself, which includes singing, playing music and doing lots and lots of jokes. (laughs) That'd be a horrible show, but I want to see it so much. (laughs) It'd be awful. I bet there's footage of him I'll be stabbing my meters with a cocktail stick, but I would still (laughs) want to see it. Um, the show is aimed at young people in this in the 20s and 25 age group. This is the fucking sales pitch going on. But his radio shows, he says, appeals to everyone, uh. from teeny boppers to mums and grandmums. Oh, lovely. Dave is officially known as the hairy monster from 200 miles up the M1, a title given to him jokingly by Diddy David Hamilton a few years back. Who's a David Hamilton? David Hamilton was just like one of those DJs. DJ, was, yeah. He did it till the day he died, literally. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he's that kind of guy. He was the radio's radio presenter. They used to laugh at me because I came down from Manchester every week on the M1 to do my shows in London, said Dave, now living in Ealing, North London, with his wife, a beautiful Swedish blonde called Mar- Marianne. Oh, my God. You know, he's gone. Can you put down the fact that I live in a nice house with yeah. a fucking model, what? please? Can, you know, just can you put that in? And it's so sexist. It's weird how times have changed because you wouldn't. How could you get away with that now? Saying, oh, and with his wife. His fucking blonde wife bit of tits. up. You know what I mean? It's his like, lovely bit of grumble. Yeah. Oh, lovely. His wife's fucking great. She's there waiting for him at the dinner. Um, here's an interesting fact to add to this. Marianne, the Swedish blonde wife, came to Britain to work as an au pair. She, <laughs> <laughs> she met Dave in a Manchester club on her first night in England. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me, said Dave, with that monster grin showing through his whiskers. What was going on? He started his working life straight from school as a designer in a posh store in Manchester, but he gave it all up and went working in the clubs as a teenage disc jockey for 10 bob a night. I introduced the Beatles to their first Manchester audience, recalls Dave, in the club called The Oasis. Could be true. He's mad on motor cars, loves drag racing in particular, and DLT is a walking encyclopedia of all kinds of music. I like virtually anything me, he says, but I prefer the more melodic kind of artist. I love Burt Bacharach, oh. and I've been a great fan of Dusty Springfield for years. Kiki D is a great artist. I really <laughs> dig her. Such an underrated singer, and I like Isaac Hayes. Such a fantastic feeling for music. I don't care what kind of music people listen to, highbrow or lowbrow, just as long as it's good standard. That's the important thing. Well, Dave, fuck off. Fuck you got, off, You got Dave done Lee Travis. for gro- groping 
a research assistant on your show. Well, it was a joke, though. It's because he's naughty and well, a he came on and went, fucking yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a joke, love. He's, like that. He's cock-a-bonkers. And you go, oh, I'm fucking proper fucking bonkers and hard. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? I'm not to me. I'm yeah. a big dick. Yeah. Oh. It's a joke, love. I'm fucking groping you. What an utter cunt. Now, people may be listening to this podcast and thinking, why? Why have you not done anything on Noel Edmonds? There's a few pages on him in this book. Oh, yeah. Two very interesting pages. It's a treasure trove of old pedos. <laughs> <laughs> What's that insert? What's this? Oh, that is a receipt. So, if you're wondering why we're not doing Noel Edmonds, it's because the next episode... We are finally going to expunge Noel from Cheap Show forever by doing an episode just about fucking Noel Edmonds. All da, right? Da, da. So stay tuned because next week on Cheap Show, we're going full Noel. Full Edmonds. We're getting in deep. I'm, I'm, at, I'm getting an Edmonds poultice nappy. And it's going to be all Edmonds all show. I'm so. putting Edmonds in a nappy and strapping it to my head so I can only see Edmonds. And then never again. Never again. I'm putting Edmonds in a magic mix and then picking the pubes out and serving it to my nut aunt. <laughs> Shut up. Hairy blamange, auntie. Shut it. I'm riffing. You're not. You're talking shit. <laughs> hey, auntie, get a load of this blamange. It's made with Edmonds's. I'll pick the ears out for you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cheap Show. Yay. This has been another episode. Yay. If you support us on Patreon, thank you very much. You can donate a little as a lot. Thank or as you lot so as you want. much. Um, you can, uh, yeah, so go love to patreon.com forward slash. Absolutely love it, Paul. Love it. Trying to tell them the information. Oh, fucking blah, blah, blah information. Go on. Otherwise, they I've can't. Never, I haven't spoken enough in this episode, you know that? So let me do the information. Go if on. you like the show, you can Make, visit. Sh- 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 do it calmly, do it quietly and clearly. Because <clears throat> right now, you're in twat mode. You've gone full Dave Lee Travis on me. Well, you think you're wacky. I'm going to see Paul. I'm an all-rounder. And a few years from now, I'm going to have my own fucking network. Eli's house party. Because everyone loves me. They love it when I talk and I interrupt them. They love it. Right. right can so. you carry on and just okay. fucking end this? We have a, a website. If you uh, want to see some of the items we've covered on the show, they'll all be there in lovely little pictures at www. TheCheapShowPod.com No, just TheCheapShow.co.uk www. only been 80 odd episodes and you don't know a fucking thing. www.TheCheapShow.com .co.uk <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> On Twitter we're at TheCheapShowPod. I am at Paul Gannon Show. Eli is... Eli Snoid, which you will spell E-L-I-S-N-O-I-D. Yes, you will. Look for Cheap Show on Facebook and Reddit. You can get along and chat along and be involved Get along and chat along. Come along and chat along. Come along, Paul. Go out! Stop it! Don't hurt me. Don't Physically. What, don't talk? Yeah. Oh, why? Is that how we're going to do shows now? This is how we're going to end the show. I won't show. This is how we're going to end the show. I come along and... Don't throw that egg thing at me. It's worth money. God, the mic's gone. <laughs> it's like... Right, end the show. Goodbye. No, I've got Goodbye. to also say, you can email us, thecheapshow at gmail.com. Now they can... Like, you. This is the worst sign-off we've ever done because oh, of I your attitude. I need a wee. Right, good. Thank you for listening to Cheap Show. Goodbye. See you next time Thank for you. our Noel Edmonds special. Goodbye. <laughs>